all of a sudden I hear from Stouffville, Ontario, <laughs> and then they butchered my name. <laughs> and my first instinct, I remember, because my, my daughter and my wife still make fun of me. I, I was a passenger. I turned on my wife. And I had my big eyes, and the first word that came out was a huge F-bomb. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I got in, and I was dropping another F-bomb, and I realized my daughter's behind me. I'm in effing Western States. I got in, <laughs> and I, I wanted to scream, but I was in the car. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Hello, hello. Hey, how is everybody doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> After my stress test. Oh, yeah. Do tell. Do tell. I went to the doctors to get a stress test because UTMB wants to submit a medical before you go do their race. Medical clearance. Yep. And your doctor was very proactive because there has been recent studies that show that ultra runners can have enlarged hearts, which can lead to problems down the road. Right. So good on her. She was very proactive and she said, let's just be sure rather than me signing this medical certificate. <laughs> That's right. That you're going to have a stress test. So what did you do? Well, they strapped me with all kinds of uh, electrodes, electrodes to my chest. They put me on a treadmill and they said, okay, just start to walk. Walk. Okay. Told me that my heart has to get to 80% of max or something like that. Okay. And I noticed my heart rate starting mm -hmm. was 50. 50? Yeah. Okay. And she, she made a comment saying, wow, this is going to take a while. For right. you to, I said, yeah, do you want me just to run a four-minute K and spike it? Or what do you want me to do? She <laughs> goes, no, we'll, we'll do it gradually. I said, okay. <laughs> so start to walk. She goes, how did you feel? What was, the, what was the pace? Do you know? No, I don't know what the pace is. But I, can, I know when the, what the pace was when we started getting up there. Okay. So walking. Mm -hmm. She goes, how do you feel? I go, <laughs> what? I feel nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs> so, okay, that's uh, incline and faster. Oh, oh, they did the incline. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I guess it was level five and a little bit faster. Still walking. Mm hmm So, okay, we'll go a little, a little bit harder. Do you know what your heart rate was at that point? Uh, yeah, I could see it. It was, it was getting... Well, basically, in order to get my heart to around 100... Yeah. Uh, I was at level maybe 13 and still walking briskly. Walking. Walking. Okay. Says, okay, now we're going to go at uh, highest incline, <laughs> <laughs> which was 16. Oh, so they have a decent treadmill. Yeah, they have a decent treadmill. Okay. I said, okay, this is actually one higher than mine. Mm -hmm. And walking still. I said, you know, I did this yesterday for about... <laughs> Two hours. No joke. Uh, with a 30-pound weighted vest on. What we're exactly this, what we're doing today. She goes, really? I go, yeah. So let, let's go. <laughs> uh, let's play here. <laughs> so, so she basically uh, pumped it up. 
I said, okay, now I'm getting into a, br a little jog here. Finally getting a jog at incline 16. I think it was uh, what I, I felt at me being six minute per K-ish. Okay. Yeah. And what's your heart rate? Okay, so my heart rate, now that I've got a jog going at a level 16, I think it went up to 140, 150. Okay. So what, then... What did she anticipate your max was going to be? Uh, they didn't know, but when the doctor came in and... and asked me questions about why I'm even here. Mm. I explained the situation that I'm doing a race in France. They just want to know of medical clearance. I said, oh, okay, you're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he just told the nurse or whatever, just, okay, just pump him up. Let's go. Let's see what this guy can do. And he says, if you could go to the max of what this thing can do, then we'll give you a gold star. <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> So uh, yeah, now I'm now they they got me running here and I'm doing pretty good. And he said to me, "Well, we got the information we needed, right? However, you can still go if you want to keep going." And I said, "What is the highest you ever seen anybody do?" He says, "Well, I think you're pretty much the highest we ever seen anybody <laughs> do." So I said, "Okay, well then, <laughs> if you got what you needed, uh, I'm out of here. I got <laughs> we got things to do. I got things to do. <laughs> so that's nice to know." I'm sure they liked seeing something different for a change. <laughs> yeah. They're used to the same old stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. It is interesting. Never had that done before, but it's nice to know that uh, the needles were <laughs> jumping off the page. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. that's my stress test. I never had a stress test, but I think everyone should have a stress yeah. test eventually. If you're in, in the ultra world, ultra, ultra runner, that's right. you just never know because your heart, like any muscle, will get bigger mm -hmm. by exercising it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have it done. We got to advocate for our own health, right? Exactly. That's exactly. Right. So there you go. All right, cool. And who's on the podcast today? Today we have we have fellow Ontarioan Francesco Riccadonna. Whoa. We he, do know him. We sure do. And with that, welcome back to the Canadian Trail to Western States. It's our third year in a row doing this. All right. That's exciting. Francesco is 48 and he's been running ultras for some time now. After seven years of putting in tickets to the Western States Lottery, his name was finally drawn. <laughs> We've raced in many of the same races as he has, not at the same time, but we did a couple in the States at the same time as him. So we're going to touch on those. It's funny how that is. We're both from Ontario. We race the same in Ontario, but we finally met for the first time in a race in the States. That's right. I think. Yes, Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk about that how he started running, and his long journey to Western States. All right. And without further ado, here's Francesco coming up. Francesco, welcome to the podcast, and a big congrats on finally getting your Western States ticket. Woo-woo! Ticket to, to the big show. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, indeed, something to, to cheer for and to be happy about. Took me only seven years. Um, <laughs> I believe it took you seven years too, if I recall yep, yes correctly. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah, see, and I believe with the new lottery system, it will it will actually become uh, probably the norm to 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 pull so many years, uh, to wait so many years for for the race. But I said it the first uh, at the end of my first hundred, sulfur spring twenty twelve, and I'll say it again. This is this has been my. My fixation, I wanted to run Western States, is, is the race, is the 100 miles. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm starting to get uh, 
the jitters and starting to get, you know, the typical almost month and, uh, and a week or two out kind <laughs> of feelings. They're not so usually so fun to deal with, but... well before we get into all that let's go back to the beginning and tell us how you even started running oh so in my previous life uh, i've been spending 22 years of my life as a as a professional water polo player believe it or not in europe it is a professional sport so it was it was my job i was training day in and day out i was i was in a pretty um elite category Uh, i played more than 100 games uh, with a national team, I played the World Cup. Uh, wow! I was lucky enough to tour the world, so definitely living the, the privileged life of, of an athlete that is uh, lucky enough to to, to be playing a, at a, such a high level. And then, uh, you know, it's time to grow up. Of course, the career <laughs> as an athlete uh, kind of uh, all of a sudden stops with the, the good and the bad that that brings. It's uh, it's quite the shock to go from the athlete very structured regimen life to to uh, a, a very different life like the post career is always can be very challenging mm-hmm. and um and then with that you know try to maintain a sort of a fitness regime my wife uh, always been running very occasionally any sort of distance but we were talking about like 5k 10k just for fun it was a nothing structured and i started and i hated it i hate <laughs> every single moment of it you imagine uh, someone of my size. I mean, I am uh, I am six four. I'm definitely not the prototype of the runner. <laughs> but I spent all my life in basically absence of gravity, and mm. all of a sudden, I have to carry this frame around uh, on pavement for what I considered back then a significant amount of time. It's funny how everything is becomes so relative after a certain point. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't like it. It was a struggle. It was just very unnatural to me boring and unnatural mm. and it's been a pretty uh, sort of uh, conflicting relationship and then uh, as silly as silly as we were we decided to sign up for the marathon in milan and mm. i believe my longest run was 13 kilometers oh boy. so <laughs> completely naive completely um ignoring anything and probably that was saving because i went in not knowing what i was about to put myself into and of course it was a very bad experience, I believe. I finished uh, in just over five hours. But regardless of the time, it was just not a, such a pleasant experience because <laughs> I didn't know how to fuel. I mean, it, I, I, would, I just jumped in without like really knowing anything about it. Fast forward a year or two later, we moved to Canada and, and my wife, Erin, um, becomes the manager of the running room. So mm. I started getting sort of in contact with local running communities. And of course, the athlete in me started kind of enjoying sort of the the, the social aspect as well as uh, mm-hmm. the, the challenging aspect of running. So from there, Mississauga Marathon and the Toronto Marathon, Ottawa Marathon. And then you start hearing this uh, sort of rumors of this obscure, very small community <laughs> of really cool people that run 50K. And, oh, my God, there is a wall. Maybe there is two walls. <laughs> and, uh, you know? and, it's, uh, and it's fascinating how that took off from there. I remember we did, uh, we did together with my wife, uh, we did um, Niagara Ultra 50K, mm. a beautiful course. I'm sure you guys know it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was 50K. And I remember uh, talking to a couple of runners and, you know, learning that there is actually something like a 50 miler 
wow, 80K, you guys are nuts. <laughs> and then you finish the 50K and, you know, you're there. And uh, it becomes a mix between ego, self-confirmation uh, and, uh, and wanting to challenge myself. And indeed, the community that I was introduced to is indeed still probably the best one out there. I, I don't think there is such a, such a low-key, very humble community as, as the ultra-running uh, community. Right, let's, let's go back to your first hundred. How did that go, your first hundred overall? <laughs> well, I had a question before he gets okay. into that, actually, because you mentioned that you were competitive in swimming. Did you think that when you started running that it would be easy because you had that athletic background? It definitely was. It definitely is. I still, I think, I still have the benefits of uh, a very intense uh, cardiovascular uh, training uh, at a high level for, for basically two decades. Yes. There are advantages. And, and I think also, I'm not the prototype of the runner by any means. If we look at my body structure, but I am blessed to be in, in good health, relatively speaking. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with what I call my previous life as an athlete. <laughs> yeah, the only big difference is the impact, right? Indeed. But then... Uh, it, 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 but the impact at the beginning, as far as as far as completely trying to reshape my physical my performance from an upper body driven activity to a lower body, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's it still today is uh, is is probably the biggest challenge from just a pure development standpoint. Right. Mm, interesting. All right. There's there's your answer. <laughs> All right, let's talk about your first 100 miler. How did that go overall? Oh, um, how did it go? It was a hell of a ride. Um, that was Sulphur Spring, right? Sulphur Spring, 20, 2012. I was yeah. running with uh, one of my best friends, uh, Todd Sinclair, um, crewed by Ken Nyamima. I'm sure these are names that you guys uh, familiar with and mm -hmm. uh so i had great crew great company on the course of course as as you know you know the pack sort of opens up and you end up doing your own race and being <laughs> for a first time if you're at times of being lonely how did it go i remember extreme heat during the day uh mm -hmm. i remember really bonking super hard i believe at the end of lap two into lap three the hot times of the day um there was no um there was no no really good management as far as uh, <laughs> salt intake. It was fun until it was not. Back then, I didn't know that you can experience many lows and many highs. And usually, uh, the higher the high, the lower the low. Again, it was everything was new to me. So I, I had fun. I remember the last loop smelling the barn up uh, the lollipop. And I took off on my pacer on the lollipop and i was like amazed how out of nowhere uh, <laughs> strength came right and then you realize that you know you have those really crucial hours what 1 a.m 5 a.m and then as soon as the sun comes up all of a sudden life is back in you out of out of nowhere <laughs> and uh and that was my first my first experience like really directly living that and i was absolutely blown by this this amazing miracle that is just you know mm -hmm. the sun coming up on us and uh I remember having typical you know feet issues with some blisters but 
was nothing major. So I believe I, at the moment I finished, I, I knew I would have I would have done another. Mm. So all in all, it was a very positive experience. Um, mm, I guess so. Yeah, is uh, I've trust me, I've had my fair shares of bad ones <laughs> in the in the following in the following years. So Norm talks about that sunrise all the time how he goes through these low points and as soon as the sunrise happens for the second time usually uh the energy level gets an immediate boost and yeah. i've yet to experience that so <laughs> i think i need to figure that one out and and do a longer race so i can have a sunrise yeah you want to see a sunrise <laughs> you want to see a sunrise indeed is uh it's it's truly amazing how we're connected still at that kind of primal level i i remember two races uh couple of race, a race later down in the Carolinas, uh, Grindstone, you start Friday night at 6 p.m. So you mm -hmm. see, you start in the night, so you end up seeing basically two sunrises. Um, the, the second day is, is very, very challenging. But then every time the sun comes back, uh, it's just, uh, it's just your body wakes up. It's, it's as good as a feeling, and probably Norma can comment on that, but it's as good as a feeling to see the sun coming up. As dreadful are those one to five, two to five, those hours <laughs> can be really, really hard <laughs> from a, both a physical and and uh, and sort of morale standpoint. Really some, I quote uh, I quote my wife, she paced me quite a few times. She said, you don't not only uh, hit the wall and end up in your own hole, you go to Ikea and you buy furniture because you're planning to sit, to sit in the hole for quite a bit of time. I seem to be, <laughs> you know, I seem to have these lows that tend to stretch for sometimes long period of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you start to focus on Western states? Ah, I think uh, I started focusing on Western states. It was probably 2013, 2014. It was, I don't know, I got to look back and do the math when I submitted my first quote-unquote token. Uh, but it was at the beginning. And funny enough, I said from day one, the day I run in complete Western states, that's the year where I will take one or two steps back and I may take a sabbatical and reevaluate what I want to do potentially next. So I have people around me that is reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about each of your ticket races. I think your first one was Zion. That, that could have been yeah. 2014, maybe if it's seven. 2014, yeah. yeah. Here's, here's a picture. Here's a little token of Zion there, if you see. Actually, you, where you, you were volunteering at Bryce. Yes, you volunteered right. at Bryce. I yeah. remember you at the 50-mile turnaround. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk yes. about that. We're going to talk yes. about that. Let's go back to Zion. <laughs> no, because, I, you know, they were organized. They were under the same ownership, same risk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Back then. So as soon as you saw me your shirt, you know, it was an immediate <laughs> flashback. I have, I have your picture in my head of you at the 50-mile because you were friendly faces, no faces. Uh, at 50-mile, how good it is to see, you know, friendly faces around people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So Zion. Yeah. Do you remember why you picked that one? Was it because of the scenery? Yes. Yes. Um, I love. I love Utah. I am. I'm drawn from. I'm drawn to desert. I love Utah. I love. Uh, I love the high deserts. I love Zion and Bryce uh, are probably one of the two most iconic scenery wise. Not mm -hmm. course-wise, but scenery-wise, they were absolutely 
beyond breathtaking, like worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. Drawn, drawn to the hoodoos, drawn to the, those <laughs> big trails. Um, not a big fan of the dust that sits in your lungs <laughs> for weeks after, uh, <laughs> after the race, but that's a small price to pay. Uh, great course. And I remember Zion being, other than the last uh, 20 miles where you do silly loops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> That's torture. I remember that was torture, but yeah, the, the, you know, the, it was it the, the mesas, right? Where you run on the mm -hmm. bottom, go up the mesa, run a loop and come down. Those were to me were just, it's just something. I just loved that part. I always loved, yes. I always used to watch the, the Red Bull uh, mountain bike downhill competition in Zion. Mm. It's just a part of Utah that I, I loved. And that what drew me to, 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 to Bryce, the same, uh, same, same sort of reason. I'm drawn to the deserts as well. There's just something about it. It's, it's such a wide open expanse, which we're not used to in Ontario. We are in the closed forest all the time. So there's something about being able to see so far in the distance. It's magical. Yes. I'll take it a level further. I think the nights in the deserts are uh, these open spaces in the nights with like stars, no mm -hmm. clouds. Um, it's something that every time I was in a race and I and I was in one of those environments, I always took a minute to stop by myself in the middle of nowhere and, and soak it in. That is, I always enjoyed, especially the nights in the desert. There is something to these open, massive, infinite spaces that you are <laughs> just in the middle uh, with no no shelter, no shade, no basically just bushes. That is it's just amazing. Uh, and you can see such a wide part of the sky around you, really, like that we're not used to because of either mountains or, or canopy above us. That is, yeah, to me, it's, it's truly magic. I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think your second ticket was Vermont 100. Ooh. That, Vermont is the never ending rolling hills. Is that right? Vermont rolls a lot. Uh, Vermont rolls a lot. I, I didn't really remember that about Vermont because actually there are many parts of Ontario that remind me a lot of Vermont. What I remember was insane humidity in July. It was oh. bananas. It was mm. bananas. The heat. And I took part to the screwed category. So I had no crew, no pacer. My wife was there, mm. but I signed up for the complete unsupported category. So I found myself... Uh, dealing with humidity uh, early on in the afternoon because I believe I stuck with a friend of mine that I found in the pack for the first 40K and she was way faster runner than me. At the 40K mark, I realized how my legs were probably already sort of cooked. So uh, <laughs> I paid for it uh, later in the race. And then at night, I remember making um, a pretty silly mistake. Um, again, learning curve. I was very underfueled, starting feeling weak, very sleepy. Uh, I remember mm. first time negotiating myself with, I'll take 20 steps in this open country road, and I'll just, I'll just close my eyes for 20 steps. <laughs> and then I'll, <laughs> so I'll just, as I am trotting down this country road, I'll, I'll relax, I'll rest my eyes. That was the key word. I'll rest oh, my eyes. Boy. And then you realize that you start really drifting, right? And I woke mm. up, I was probably a step and a half away from a ditch. 
because they realized that was going <laughs> oh, off. And yeah, and I remember getting no scared, but it caught me kind of really unprepared. And I decided to to take a caffeine pill. I remember, I believe it was like 150 milligrams of caffeine mm. uh, at 3 a.m. And when you're uh, underfueled, underhydrated, <laughs> that caffeine, all it did that caffeine is giving me an insane sense of anxi anxiety. I remember <laughs> feeling my heart in my throat. Oh, no. Like, yeah, feeling like not panicky, but it was not a pleasant. It was not the sense of awakeness that I <laughs> wanted to achieve. It was definitely the wrong sense of awakeness. And uh, it might have been better if you had a triple or espresso. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So as we know, caffeine shelf life is pretty is pretty short. So it wore out probably within an hour. And uh, oh no! And uh, I made it. I made it, and uh, I had a rough patch. And then I was able to eat something that put me back on track. And I and I made it. But the the, the fun anecdote about Vermont. This is true story. Uh, Vermont. I don't know if still today they have a weigh in at the beginning. So you have to weigh in with uh, with your full pack and gear, like race race day gear on. Mm -hmm. And it's just for safety. They measure your dehydration. So I remember that it was this big tent at race check-in. And you had to put your pack on and with your blood and everything. And there was a nurse uh, that was uh, riding down and someone that was transferring the information, aka the runner's weight, big number, runner's weight, confirming the name to a series of people that where the people that would, I think was Camp Bear, uh, mid-race, they mm. would repeat the way in and see what's the, if there is any weight change for safety reasons. And uh, in an era probably where it was still socially accepted talking about weight, again, I refer oh, no. to my big, my big frame. So I step on, on the scale and uh, she screams, we have a winner. <laughs> <gasps> no way. Yes, yes, and she did. And I, I was like, what? And yeah, that was, uh, I was, I take, I was probably, you know, in the Kleinzeck category in the, in the, in the, in that race, I would probably won, <laughs> would have won the trophy. I don't know. But that was, oh that was, a, yeah, that was a funny <laughs> anecdote that I still carry. <laughs> That's Vermont is actually a race I would like to go back because that race I knew I, I didn't do like I wanted, uh, in terms of, mm. of timing and everything. And it's a great course. One of the one of the big races, Grand Slam, is a race I think I, I would like one day to to go back to, and it's relatively closer, right? So it is. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah, never yeah. raced in Vermont. No, so we never did. We so got to put it on our. It's beautiful. Calendar. Vermont, Vermont is really beautiful. Um, it's really, really, really amazing part of the U.S. and is what eight hours drive, give or take. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's hot and humid, so. So now your third ticket is Bryce. Let's talk about Bryce, how I think it's the first time you and I met. What I remember about Bryce is that I set up all kinds of Canadian flags at the aid station at yes. 50 miler because it was a turnaround and I knew so many of you in the race, the Canadians. And the Americans who were also there were questioning me, why are you putting all these Canadian flags up in, on American soil? How dare you? <laughs> and I said... Because I want my Canadian, Canadian friends to feel that they reached Canada. <laughs> 50 miles. It's but, it was, true. but I did enjoy seeing you and your wife suffer, Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, at, uh, so Bryce, uh, back uh, back then, I had one DNF at Bryce. It was my first attempt, which was the year before uh, Zion. 
And, uh, and this was my second attempt. So I knew what I was going to put myself into. I knew about that big client that takes basically to, to the tabletop because that race stays pretty even for a good 20 miles on the out and 20 miles back. And then you drop back down before entering the hoodoos. The, the high section is anywhere between probably 75 and, and 8,000 feet. But you move in there and it's actually very runnable. Mm. My first attempt to climb up, I really felt the altitude. I don't know what it was, but I really had a hard time. This one, the challenge I was able to manage from an altitude perspective, I, I managed it. I, I kind of dealt with it. It was really hot and being an altitude, dry, yeah. uh, high desert, you don't realize <laughs> how much you know, you're sweating. So I felt myself uh, really dehydrating and wilting really quick. So there is that big basically cannonball style climb up into uh, the third major A station. I forgot the name. And I got there. I was way behind in my in my fluid intake. I was completely dehydrated, starting getting a little bit of a headache. But it was one of those races where you get in trouble and you have that capacity to really be analytic and understanding what is going on and try to take mm-hmm. proactive steps to address that. And that was my first time where... I walked into the A station and I see one of the volunteers that was sipping, uh, had a can of beer. And I looked at her and I said, you don't know how much I would pay for that can of beer. And I made it as a joke. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, well, you seem a major age to me. You want some? And I said, oh, you're going to give some to me? And she said, absolutely. So she pours literally like probably this much, like two fingers of beer. And it, and it was an amazing lag. It was cold. It was just perfect, crisp. And, you know, beer is a little bit uh, sour and is bubbly. So it really hits all things that when you're dehydrated, that's why it tastes good when you're thirsty. And in 10 minutes, I was brand new, but literally brand Whoa. new. Like my urine was back on track. I was hungry wow. again. I was able to stomach food again. I started eating again. Like from there, my race was just a breeze. And that kind of got kind of into me because I say, you know what? This is one of the quirky things about ultra running. Actually, beer can can save your rear end, you know, if, <laughs> if it needs to be. Even this last race at Havelina, I didn't turn down beer that was offered me, you know, at, at mile 50. A funny story about a Bryce that I remember and I and I used this since then. I'll I'll be I'll be honest. <laughs> If you're picking up what we're laying down, listen up. The trails at Earl Rowe Provincial Park in Allison have been a well-kept secret until now. We've crafted a scenic 12K loop for our rainbow trail run, featuring mostly double-track trail that will show off all of the best views this park has to offer. Join us this August for one, two, four, eight, or 14 loops. We'll leave the math up to you. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Anyways, back to the show. Well, the next one that we wanted to chat about, we're not sure if it's your, it was a ticket, but we've never heard of this race. So we're curious because it's got a pretty serious cutoff. Mass Newton, Mass Newton 100 in Virginia. Mass Newton 100 in Virginia, yes. Um, a gazillion rocks. That's how you describe oh. the race. It's just oh. rocks, loose rocks for 100 miles. Oh. And uh, is, uh, is um, Mountain, Virginia. 
very technical. Uh, I was joking and kind of making a bit of an extreme, but the the logo, the claim of the race is Masanat and Rocks uh, mm. because it's really technical and in quite a few sections. And there is one particular challenging section um, when you're going home in probably the last quarter of the race where you're going up a dry riverbed of, of a mountainside creek that the year I did was supposed to be dry, but it was like a raging river coming down and mm. it's rocks. There is no trail. You just got to go up and you can pick your line and of course the challenge is that some of these rocks are you know loose so uh, mm -hmm. you gotta be careful where you put your foot mm -hmm. and it's a typical uh east coast the uh, southern east coast the uh, u.s so uh country road a station big ass climb tough top come down other a station road right every time you go down or you're coming up there is an a station basically at the bottom of the road uh, at the beginning of mm. the climb or at the end of the climb mm. typical race like that it's um that one is yeah it's another probably uh, we broke down the travel there in, in two days because i believe it's like 12 hours but i highly recommend okay. it um there is a lottery to get in but it's uh, mm. fairly easy uh Basically, it's not uh, who signs up first. They open the way, open the list. You sign up, and you have given a number. Uh, then, uh, the day before they basically start the lottery, they base the lottery starting number based on the Dow Jones. So everything is very random, and you could go in <laughs> the first year if you are run or volunteered years before. You have uh, sort of a priority to get in. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's the happy trails run club that runs it. Uh, so low key, very well organized race. It, that's another one that at some point I would like to, I would like to go down. I believe it's 20, 21, 22,000 feet climb total. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's up there. Uh, it's, it's, it's no it joke. Is. It's, uh, it's no <laughs> joke. Yeah. How come you chose this race of all the races in the world? I believe uh, uh, it was recommended by my great friend Ken, and uh, he's been there a few times. He recommended it, you know. He recommended it. Is he still your great friend? <laughs> he, he is. He is. I actually still run, still run with him. Yeah, it's uh, one of those uh, him and Todd. It's one of those long-lasting friendship that lasted through. <laughs> many years of, of a stations and arguments on the trails when you are uh you know uh, low calories you can argue about anything and we're still, <laughs> we're still talking so <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> okay so at this point you have i don't know 16 tickets in the lottery are you watching the lottery at this time the western lottery are you following along to see how you're doing i, I always i every year said no this year i'm not gonna watch it i'm gonna wait for some <laughs> of my friends and my community to reach out to me and say congrats francesco you got in yet <laughs> okay that day i'm a sucker I watch it all, and I was uh, trying to distract <laughs> myself and put my earbuds and hear the cheering and the clapping of each and every uh, selected runner uh, to be disappointed. And I'll be honest, <laughs> to be quite frustrated to the uh, one-ticket winners, the people that yes. can get it with one <laughs> ticket. I mean, good for them, but oh boy, it's it's uh, it's uh, okay. quite quite the punch. Yeah. 
<laughs> so then we'll keep going on. <laughs> well, I think we should group together the javelinas because yeah. they. I'm sure in your mind, your javelina experience might run together. But a couple of the things that we noticed was that in one, in two races, you finished within 11 seconds yeah. of your time from yeah. another year. How the heck did that happen? <laughs> yeah, so you're probably referring to the, the 24, 29 and change. Uh, yeah, um, that was probably 24, 29 was my first year. And then it was this year. Yeah, I, I don't know how I did it. It happened funny same time basically and happened and unfolded in such different ways i think this year mm -hmm. was probably year that i was prepared the best for that race okay. i was really 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 i i had all the cards to best my my pb because uh my personal best on the distance is still 23 29 at Havelina. okay and i really wanted to to see if i could shave some off and uh everything looked good this year and uh but uh hydration uh i i made very very silly mistakes on the hydration that i paid dearly in the hottest part of the day um mm -hmm. back to the 24 29 i don't know it's just uh it just played <laughs> out like that but uh yeah it's one of the odd things that happen <laughs> in these races yeah now your pb year was the weather a little bit more cooperative that year? Do you remember? No, it was actually hotter than it, what it was like this year. This year was uh, apparently on paper one of the more kind of uh, mitigated weather uh, was not as hot. No, that day just uh, the stars just uh, kind of aligned the right way. And I remember, and I was without crew, so I was by myself. It just the day went on pretty much... Uh, seamless all day and uh, mm -hmm. it just happened and unfolded like that and sometimes those are the races that you least program are the ones that come out mm -hmm. the best and i remember not really realizing that i was on pace to go silver buckle until my last loop and uh, at the first day station that was that year we were still going washing machine style and so you go clockwise for the last one and there is this young woman that comes from behind the first aid station and says uh, uh my my watch died what's the time where are we at do you can you give me some ideas on the pace and i said no nah. I, I started realizing that i said you know what i think we have a shot at it and that's what i told her and she said what do you mean i said well if we make it to jackass junction the top aid station the big one by this time we have a serious shot at making some 24. So turns out for this young lady, she was from Edmonton and it was her first oh, hundred. Wow. And she wow. came totally naive into the sport. Great runner. And uh, she said, well, let's do, let's go for it. <laughs> and uh, we just basically gunned it, uh, relatively speaking, of course, not, not Wormsley style gunning it, but uh, <laughs> we went as far as my... My capacity, I think from Jackass Junction to the finish style, we managed uh, a 640 per kilometer pace, uh, nice. which at the end of the race, but yeah, it was, you know, it's night, it's cooler. And that section is slightly downhill. 
And yep, you could yep. play marbles on, on that part of the trail because it's so smooth. <laughs> there is not a, a single rock yep. coming out of the ground. Wow. So you can really, really kind of put down the pedal and, uh, and, and go. And uh, yeah, still today that stands as my, my fastest performance. Um, but I, I love the race. I love the vibe of the race. I'm going to go for my fifth. I would like to, at this point, go for the uh, fifth time finisher's jacket. Nice. Uh, not this year because it sold out apparently what march was already sold out uh, oh, wow. as far as i was told yeah um so um but uh, i will i will go back i i think today as far as i'm not sure you guys agree because you've been there too i think as of today as far as organization and uh just vibe of the race uh, the experience all in all it still stands to me as the best organized event, hundred mile event in as, at least in North America. Mm. I agree. <laughs> it, that race is really organized very, very well. Yeah, at a bipod running, Jamil Curry, uh, an excellent work there. Uh, and it's a party. It's just uh, the, the atmosphere <laughs> is there is is just unique. Mm. Uh, you don't get it anywhere else. Um, I I hope to get it at Western States. I heard so many things, and yes, petitions. Well, are we'll, high, we'll but... talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> but I do know. Then 2019, when we did, we were there at the same time in 2019. We didn't see you on course. Isn't that interesting? We were there at Kit Pickup, and then that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah interesting. I mean, uh, but that was also the year, if you remember, that there was uh, the big issue with the, the blinding lights. You remember the Kogales uh, that started yes, popping up yes, on course yes. that had... <laughs> Maybe that's why we didn't see it. Five million <laughs> lumens, right? Like every time you, you cross with another runner coming the other way, I was probably losing uh, a little bit of my eyesight. Um, so I don't know. It was... Uh, I don't know. It's uh, It's strange. Again, it's funny how on a twenty, on an eighteen and a half mile loop, uh, going both directions, you you would think you meet everyone, but yeah, I yeah, I, yeah we missed you. I I don't know. How did it go for you? It was Jody's race. It was uh, her. I, I did the hundred k. Yeah. And I was one of the people wearing the Kogalas. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> I have to admit those things are amazing. I and know, if you I have know. any issues with eyesight in the dark, it, it's very helpful. But I, I, I was very disappointed that they took away the washing machine because to me that was part of the allure of the race. This year the flow was different. Uh, I gotta admit because uh, the 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 technical quote unquote the technical section going clockwise. To the first aid station where all the rocks you meet all the loose rocks going up scramble up yep. that section now you only you only go up that way mm. oh that's a good idea because you're just slipping and going down and uh, and uh, going down when you're fatigued on cooked legs after you know the simmering that is typical of the day at that heat mm. uh it, it changes a different race so i went in very what i believe i was from a fitness standpoint, I felt I was very prepared. I think the sort of the verdict is still out as far as how does it feel compared to the previous washing machine style course. I don't know. I don't know if it's faster. I would I would love to have time to do a little comparison at some point, but I, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting point, though, the fact that you're running up that 
rocky section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of down. I would rather go up that section. Because you remember going, I remember going down that with you when I was pacing you at right. your 100, and right. it was painful because yeah. you kicked all the rocks. I kicked the same rock oh, three, four times. Oh. It follows me. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. My toe box. I, it's true, exactly what you said. Like, you end up kicking the same rocks uh, at least once a loop. Which I don't understand is that if everyone's kicking the rocks off the trail, there should be no more rocks. <laughs> yeah, no, they multiply. <laughs> they proliferate on that section. <laughs> For some reason, every time, you, you know, like the video game with asteroids that you were hitting and they split on, on more rocks. <laughs> yeah. Probably that's what happens once you kick them because it's true. They seem to grow and not go any, down any, any, any number. Yeah. Here, here's a very serious question now. With Javelina and Rio de Largo, which is one of the last races you can get a ticket for Western States, why did you push it right to the end? Because anything could go wrong and you won't get your ticket. <laughs> it's true. So, why do you choose the very end of the year to get your tickets? Uh, so Rio de Largo was during the pandemic and uh, there was it was... Yeah, I would have likely done an earlier race for the reason you just mentioned. Uh, but it was not possible. <laughs> uh, traveling was still very challenging. Uh, Rio de Lago is actually a race you... Uh, I, I, it came under my radar because you signed up for it. Oh. Mm. And, you know, I've been following you. We've been following each other. And I remember you talking about it, yep. you going at it. And uh, I heard... I like that part of California. And I... I was always fascinated because they shared some trail with American River 50, with Western yes. States. So it was, for me, yep. a good opportunity at a somewhat fast race, somewhat, uh, with decent amount of incline in a part of California that I like, with the possibility of, of, of running iconic trails that normally see Western States. You can only do, you know, upon invitation only. So <laughs> yeah, I signed up for it and that's how that's how it played out. Havelina Havelina started as my second race of the year where I already got my qualifier in. So yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't not necessarily a do or die. It turned into a do or die for probably two years in a row. <laughs> but at one point right now I've been at Havelina, you know, four times I have a 100% strike rate, knock on wood. I, I know how to handle it. I know what I'm going in. So I I know that push come to shove, right. I, I can pull it off. It was also the year because the lottery buy was not as a as a, as a possibility for Western State was introduced, what, two years ago, something like that. So before then, you had this huge stress i gotta you gotta maintain your streak alive mm -hmm. to maintain your tickets yeah, right yeah. if you fail one year you're done so uh that was probably an extra motivation but i like really like uh strange race strange race because you run on pavement for 30k yeah uh <laughs> and then all of a sudden you switch on 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 trails but uh yeah low-key race i i actually liked it feels very local turned out to be i'm not, not sure i would go back not in the top buckets, but it's a race that I that I I really enjoyed enjoyed doing. Now you get into Western States. <laughs> Where were you, or how did you know that you got in? And tell us about the day that you got into Western States. <laughs> so as I said before, I always tell myself I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to get in because I never win. Not even the bingo at the old age home. So I <laughs> I started. I ended up watching. I think I was. 
doing something in the kitchen. And I had my phone on the wireless charger facing up as I was doing work in the kitchen. And all you hear is names and clap, name and clap. And that day, my daughter has a swim meet, and my wife was trying to get some work done in the aviation room. And she politely asked me, and said, <laughs> hey, I'm kind of tired of hearing name, clap, name, clap. So can you put your earbuds? <laughs> okay, I put my earbuds. We have to, we're leaving home. We need, we're, we're heading, I think we're, we're on the highway. We're heading to Bonn for my daughter's swim competition. And, uh, uh, yeah, in the highway, I have still my earbuds, and all of a sudden, I hear from Stouffville, Ontario, <laughs> and then they butchered my name. <laughs> and my first instinct, I remember, because my, my daughter and my wife still make fun of me, I, I was a passenger, I turned on my wife, and I had my big eyes, and the first word that came out was a huge F-bomb. <laughs> I mean, I mean... I got in and I was dropping another F-bomb and I realized my daughter's behind me. I'm in effing Western States. I got in and I I wanted to scream, but I was in the car and my daughter started giving me, you know, she's 12 now. So she gave me kind of the, the side looks, dad, chill out. What is this? Like such a big deal. She never saw me screaming, especially like a little kid by joy. I mean, I mean, and my wife slowly started realizing, oh my God, you're in finally good work. Like it, there was, there was excitement, but I was, my first exclamation was, was a curse word, uh, but it was a good one. Like, I think it was, it was, you know, uh, well-deserved and allowed in that, in that case. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I find out. And of course, super excitement and, uh, you know, the realization that, okay, it's game on time, time to train. Wow. Now, who are you looking forward to seeing at the start line? Are there any of the big, big names that you're excited to see in person? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always in awe by these athletes. I, I don't know who's gonna be there of, of, uh, of, you know, of the big names. Uh, I would, I'm honored just to really be in the same uh, star corral. Uh, of course, quite a few spots, uh, 200 spots behind people like Walmsley or, mm -hmm. or any of the, of the top women. It, it's, it's one of the few sports that you really get to share the same course. Uh, you know, with this, with these amazing athletes, and that's probably going back one second to Havelina is what makes it so special. That you see these people flying by mm. multiple times a day, and they still take the time to cheer you on and respond to your yes. cheers, uh, which makes Havelina yeah. very unique, right? So, I'm looking forward to to see them on the trail. Likely, I will not, because as you know, the first climb is a six kilometer plus climb into the escarpment. And those guys uh, take off. I will not be taking off. So uh, <laughs> um, I'm just, I will, I will just try to soak it in as much as possible as far as you are at the start of, of the 100 miler and, and trying to join the ride. Um, all I hear from people like you that had the opportunity to, to live there, both as a crew and as a runner, uh, an event like that, everyone hands down and say that this is there is no such thing like western so i'm looking forward to really experience uh, what everyone is saying about the, the there is no like the volunteering at the a station is above anything else you've seen before as far as you know the level of uh, of attention and care that is given to the yes. runners and uh hopefully 
uh, it will not suck so much in the canyons. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the hype is real, Francesco. The hype yeah. is real. We, yep. I have to admit. <laughs> you know, from here, from four thousand kilometer distance, it's it's you get a sense of it, but you can't really understand. And then, where I really got a sense of it, fun enough, was at Rio del Lago because I ended up in a group at night of local runners that were doing the same race I was doing, and I kind of uh, trucked along with them in the core part of the night and. Uh, that group had people that paced. I remember uh, a woman talking, oh, yeah, look, I asked this, you did Western. Of course I did. I'm from Auburn. I ran it three times and I paced four times. Uh, she was asking me, I said, oh, have you ever been on these trails, the Western States trails? I said, no. And she said, well, here's the good news. You're exactly on it right now. You will be running one day this very trail we're on. And I was like <laughs> so excited. So, oh, my God, I'm actually on a trail that hopefully one day, soon enough, here I am, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll run from, from, from Highway 49, right? that part of the trail that goes into the, the, the Auburn trail system. And uh, you hear them talking at the post race. It, it's just the hype is real. It's just that it's 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 so <laughs> entrenched in the local community. Funny enough, I I booked a uh, um, BRBO uh, for a few days before the race in Auburn, and uh, the the host asked me and said, "Are you are you here for Western States? Because it's such a big thing in town that truly shows you like it's." The, the whole community is 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 involved and knows about it so they do and I, i'm glad glad to hear that you're staying in auburn because auburn is the place to be staying yeah, yeah. you that, don't you don't, you do not want to stay at the um at the start at olympic valley no. you don't need to you don't need to stay there stay in auburn yeah. and make your way out and you're right in the action yeah like you're right the whole town embraces yeah. it so because That's a place to they be. have they have the uh, shakeout run. They have the international dinners. You got to go to the Auburn uh, running aid, uh, aid station. The aid station running store. store. Yeah, you have your beer there. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Stay in Auburn. <laughs> it's very low key. Is Aaron going to pace you? No, Aaron is going to crew me. Um, I I haven't figured out quite the pacing yet. Um, uh, we're working on. I'm working on it. The reason why is Aaron has been. Uh, working on our startup business uh, for the last uh, year uh, following a couple of injuries that sidelined her uh, for a bit so oh. she will be she will be crewing she'll be she'll be crew chief um, so we're joking about the roles and uh, all the silly things of a, <laughs> of a crew and now I'm starting to work out yeah, yeah the, the logistics of of it all try to squeeze it in with my with my business schedule <laughs> well if you want to talk strategy and go for a hockley loop run you let me know and i'll tell you all about my experience at western and give you some no <laughs> ins and outs i will uh, i will definitely take that invite uh not for this coming saturday <laughs> but probably for the following one so let's take this conversation offline and uh, i will i would i would love okay. to you know i'm like a sponge everything western states right now I'm, I'm there. Tell me. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. We'll do. Yeah, we'll, well do. we'll be watching. Yeah. yeah. All the best at Western, and we'll do some training runs, hopefully. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been really fun chatting with you guys. Before we let you go, we just have a quick, uh, fun, rapid-fire questions just to mm -hmm. wrap it up. Okay. So, since you mentioned the F-bomb, what's your favorite curse word in Italian? <laughs> oh, 
um, what is my favorite word? Um, it, you know, Italian is a very colorful language, and usually curse words are accompanied by you know hand gestures. Uh, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a point to say it, but uh, it's. Uh, uh, are we PG thirteen on on this on this podcast or go, go ahead. ahead? No, go ahead. So go ahead. I mean, we want to hear it. We we say cazzo, and is literally the equivalent word in English is dick. Uh, it's just like or it's probably used as a as a kind of a word in between. As probably here people say shit. So uh, roughly right. that. So, <laughs> uh, but funny enough, I've been here for so long that now it, it's coming more automatic, you know, on the Edith side of the story than the Italian one. <laughs> uh, but working for an Italian company, of course, I have tons of Italian colleagues. So from time to time, that comes out. <laughs> My Italian friends taught me a phrase uh, that I know includes that word, and it's che cazzo stai fa? <laughs> Yes, okay. They say in the south because they cut out the last word. Yes, which is you know what the f are you doing basically? Right? Yes. All right. Uh, Would you rather be a professional writer, painter, or musician? Musician. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that one too. <laughs> uh, musician. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite running song? Do you listen to music when you run? I do. Yeah. I do a lot. I rely on a lot of music during 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 my runs. Oh, favorite, um, or favorite genre? Eighties, nineties. Oh, I'm a I'm a rock guy. I'm a rock oh, kind of guy. Okay. Um, and I I spend quite a lot. I now I am uh, twenty four nights with Eric Clapton. Um, <laughs> okay. Live concerts, uh, Eric Clapton. The seventies rock. Yes. Is, uh, Lately has been uh, it's on it's on my all time playlist. I just uh, I just love it. So funny when people think seventies, they think disco, but disco is only for one year. <laughs> the rest of the decade is rock. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm 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 looking at that. You know that rock where where drummers were still going at it and <laughs> and playing their own thing. Uh, if you know what I mean, right? Where they really go together with the guitar. Oh, that's yeah. That's all time stuff. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite junk food? My favorite junk food. Uh, I don't consider pizza junk food. No way. That's <laughs> no. a food group. <laughs> That's a food group. Okay. So we're all lying on that. Okay. <laughs> My favorite junk food. I don't get it too often. I, I, I like chips. I like fries. Mm. Greasy good. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greasy stuff. Yes, greasy stuff. <laughs> is that a, is that 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 is a, that must be a sub for group. So. It is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Would name a place that you haven't been that you'd really like to travel to, not race related, just to travel to. To relax, I would say Maldives mm. uh, for full tourism. I would love to go to Japan. Ah, mm. yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Okay, Norm. Hey, pick a superpower you'd like to have. A superpower I would like to have. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something could help you to get through Western. <laughs> no, actually, there is this, uh, you know, there is this utter respect for the suffering part that comes <laughs> with it that 
I would I would very likely not choose anything that would make it go by faster. I think uh, <laughs> I think there is something to it. Um, I'm actually looking. It's funny where, where where you know when you ask these questions, how people where people's brain go to, and I was immediately thinking as someone that would allow me to get work related stuff super quickly so that I have more time for all the rest of the more important things yes uh running and family <laughs> one for all so, so you want to slow down time <laughs> I, okay yes so i would i would i would love to make you know to slow down time so that i could have more time uh for, for me and the things that really truly matter to me <laughs> got it that's great well thank you again we really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with us Thank you so much, guys. It's been uh, it's been uh, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, it's been fun to go over all those memories, uh, <laughs> including the Canadian flags at Zion. Uh, that was uh, Bryce. Yeah, uh, Bryce. Sorry, that was a good one. That yeah. was a real good one. Yeah. Say hi to Aaron for us. Yes, please do. I will. I will. And uh, let's stay connected. Oakley, Oakley's coming soon. You let me okay. know. All let right. Me know. <laughs> Take care, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. That was Francesco Riccadonna from Stouffville, Ontario. Wow, I didn't know he was a professional water polo player. Yeah, that's interesting to know. That, that's the whole point of this podcast is that we, we know of, of him for many years and all of a sudden we learn something new. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And we've circled each other <laughs> quite a few times over the years in the Ontario ultra scene, but yes. we meet for the first time at Bryce, <laughs> of all places, when he came into my aid station basically back into canada <laughs> <laughs> that's what i felt like anyway i had Kenyan flags everywhere <laughs> really upset the americans but that's okay and also totally agree with his takes on javelina how it's evolved over the years and the slight changes here and there and um, the organization level of aravipa if if you guys haven't experienced that yet if you want to Check that out. I would recommend. You well, we always say everyone's first hundred should be javelina. Right. Yeah, right. Because you're just going to enjoy it so much that well, you keep going back. Yeah. But then you go do another one. You compare it to javelina. It's like, eh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. And we wish him all the luck at Western States. Very excited for him. Very excited. I understand the long journey that what he went through. Yes. Right? So I understand. It's almost sweeter that way <laughs> that's true you didn't you didn't suffer i mean people who get into one with one ticket don't realize the anxiety that you go through <laughs> having to put your ticket in year after year after year it's more of a story and when he explained how he found out how he got in i felt like i was in the back seat of a car <laughs> when he explained telling the story <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah that's awesome there you go it's not about the destination it's about the journey yeah, is that what they right. say that's right it's very true all right okay until next time we are your hosts jody and norman if you've enjoyed the show please leave us a rating and review on apple podcast or wherever you're listening please visit our website gotterunracing.com for more details and join us on social media at gotterunracing on facebook instagram and twitter you can support our channel by joining us on patreon all of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.